Hello, my name is David and welcome to Living Life. It's truly a pleasure sharing God's Word with you today and I hope you could really delve into God's Word together with all of our hearts. Have you ever been uh, in a predicament where you had to tell a white lie uh, for your own benefit or were you ever in a predicament at workplace or at church or maybe even your family where you had to tell a lie so that you don't offend the other person? Uh, just to give you a slight example, it's a very small example, but I remember when I was invited to my friend's house, um, my friend's mom, she ended up cooking us a wonderful dinner, but the food didn't taste as good as I thought it would. But when she asked me how good the food was, I remember, you know, kind of uh, exaggerating a little bit and telling her how wonderful, uh, how delicious the food was. Now, of course, if I had told her the truth, she might have been very offended and my friend would have been upset, but I kind of had to, you know, uh, consider her position as well, as well as, uh, you know, my position as well. Because if I were to tell her on the spot that her food didn't taste too good, that the seasoning was a bit off, I knew that she, was, she would have been very offended and my situation would have been pretty, uh, would have been very awkward as well. So I remember telling her a white lie. In today's text, we see Micaiah, uh, a prophet, who's known for just telling how it is. Uh, he didn't sugarcoat things. He didn't tell a white lie, but he spoke God's word as it should be. And he pretty much said whatever God placed in his heart and he told it to the people. And as you can notice, he wasn't popular amongst the other prophets and he was pretty much hated by the king. But let's see the importance as uh, prophet Micaiah, as he tells the truth and why it's important for us to proclaim God's word whether it puts us into a precarious predicament or not. So let's get into God's Word together. Second Corinthians chapter 18, verses 12 through 27. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or shall I not? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for they will be given into your hand. The king said to him, How many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab king of Israel into attacking Ramoth-Gilead and going to his death there? 
One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. By what means? the Lord asked. I will go and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenana, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micaiah replied, You will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, Take Micaiah and send him back to Amon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, This is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Micaiah declared, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, Mark my words, all you people. If you could recall from uh, the beginning of chapter 18, we see Jehoshaphat going to visit uh, his friend King Ahab, um, and they kind of form an alliance and they want to attack their neighboring country, Ramath Gilead. So they form an alliance and they're going to uh, attack this country. So before they attack their neighboring country, they kind of want to ask their prophets uh, to see if this is something of the Lord. And he consults King Ahab, he consults his 400 prophets, and they all tell him, yes, we should go and attack our neighboring country because our God is going to place our enemy in our hands. So all the prophets pretty much tell the king what he wants to hear. They don't tell him, uh, the prophets, they don't inquire of the Lord and they don't, uh, they're not mediators of God's word to the king. But what they do is they kind of tell the king white lies. They don't, they probably didn't even inquire of the Lord. They were probably um, unfaithful prophets who didn't have any love of, uh, of, of uh, the God of Israel in their hearts. But what they wanted to do is they wanted to be in that favorable positions. They knew that as long as they kept on telling the king what he wanted to hear, they knew that they'll be well treated. The king will lavish them with gifts. So this was kind of, uh, in a way, comfortable for them. They didn't want to make their uh, situation any, uh, any more awkward than it was. They didn't want to put any burden upon themselves. So what they did was they pretty much told the king what he wanted to hear. And when King Jehoshaphat kind of tells uh, King Ahab, his friend, he's like, hey, what about, let's, let's inquire someone else who kind of has a, a relationship with God, who, who inquires of the Lord. And King Ahab says, I know someone, uh, there's this prophet named Micaiah, uh, Micaiah, but I don't like him because he kind of always says the opposite things that I want to hear. Uh, right now he's in a prison, but let me bring him to us and he will tell us what God is going to do. So before they meet in verse 12, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back to verse 12. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. So they meet him beforehand and they say, listen, 400 other prophets already told King Ahab and Jehoshaphat that the Lord is going to bring us success. Now, if you go in there and say anything else, the king is going to hate you. You're never going to come out of prison. Your situation is never going to improve. 
So what we want you to do is we want you to tell a lie and tell King Ahab and tell King Jehoshaphat that everything is going to be fine. So Micaiah, the prophet, comes in front of the, both kings and King Ahab says, what, you know, what are we supposed to do? What does your God say? And he says, attack and be victorious, he said, for they will be given into your hands. Now we see a subtle difference between what Micaiah said versus what the other prophets said. If you go back to verse 11, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. That's what the 400 prophets said. But Micaiah says something a little bit different. It's as if he was kind of mocking King Ahab. So King Ahab in verse 15 says, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So again, he presses Micaiah because I think King Ahab, uh, King Ahab had a feeling that Micaiah wasn't being entirely honest. So he asked him one more time, can you tell me the truth? And then Micaiah answers in verse 16. He says that he saw the sheep of Israel. They're all scattered without a shepherd. So in a way, he was kind of predicting what was going to happen to King Ahab, that the shepherd was going to disappear. And the people of Israel, they were kind of scattered all over uh, uh, the field without any master. In verse 17, the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? In verse 18, Micaiah continues, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven, standing on his right and standing on his left. So Micaiah begins to share with the two kings his vision. Now the thing that struck out most to me is, if I was in Micaiah's position, I would want to kind of, uh, be seen favorable onto the king. Maybe if I told the king what he wanted to hear, maybe my situation would improve. Maybe I no longer have to return to the prison for telling king, uh, for prophesizing bad things. But Micaiah, since he was a prophet of truth, since he spoke with God, he told the king exactly uh, what he saw and he interprets it. And he says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and he had no fear of these earthly kings because he saw the real king seated on the throne. Same way as us, when we see Jesus, when we see our true God seated on the throne, our earthly circumstances, they don't seem so daunting anymore. Oftentimes than not, we're so scared and we're so frightened to tell the truth or to be honest and to be living in God's word because we're afraid of the repercussions that we may face in the world. But one thing that we uh, get away from today's text is if we're like Micaiah, if we are honest before God and if we proclaim His word, we know that God's protection will be upon us. Micaiah, he saw the true God, he saw the true king seated on the throne and these two earthly kings, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, didn't seem so frightening before the real king and he, he told it how it was and he predicts King Ahab's fall. Listen, if you go and fight, if you go and attack that country regardless of whatever your prophets tell you, you're going to fail. This is the word of God. And in his vision, he saw God sending out a deceiving spirit and that deceiving spirit fell upon the 400 prophets and it kind of tickled King Ahab's ear because they told him exactly what he wanted to hear. And what King Ahab does is he condemns Micaiah, tells him to return to his jail, uh, tells uh, the people guarding him uh, to give him this bread and water affliction, which is very 
small amount of water and small amount of bread until King Ahab returns safely. So that's how the uh, uh, verse 27 ends with King Ahab condemning Micaiah and Micaiah kind of sharing, uh, showing and sharing his vision of what's going to happen if he goes against the word of God. Let's go into time of prayer. A prophet of truth, a prophet Micaiah, he wasn't scared to proclaim God's word even unto a king. Uh, and the reason for this is he saw the real king seated on the throne. So when he saw these two earthly kings, they seemed like normal, ordinary people to him because his eye was focused on God. I know that while living um, in this world, sometimes we are tempted, uh, sometimes we face um, just a lot of apprehension and fear for sharing God's word or for proclaiming God's word. And I know there are times when we want to lie and when we want to be deceitful because it kind of improves our situation. But if there is one thing that we learn from today's text is um, regardless of the pressures that we face from the world, as long as we're faithful unto God's word, God will be faithful unto us. And he's faithful unto us even when we're faithless unto him. So I pray that we may be encouraged that we may have the boldness and courage to uh, proclaim God's word, even though it means persecution unto us, because God is ultimately in control of all things and he will deliver us um, from evil and from, uh, from trouble. So let's go into time of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the word you have given us today. Uh, just as you have declared um, your faithfulness unto Prophet Micaiah and uh, the, your, your, uh, your people of Israel, I pray that um, in situations where we kind of need to be deceitful in order to advance, in situations where we kind of have to lie to improve our situation, I pray that we may have the boldness to proclaim the truth, and I pray that we may have uh, just the boldness to proclaim the gospel and uh, your word wherever we may go. Even though we may face persecution uh, because of it, may we know and may we have faith that you're in control of all situations and at all times. We thank you, we love you, and in your precious name we pray, amen. For a single soul, lifting up our and stepping in closer, see